the namesake of July and the first living Roman to have his picture on a coin, enters the Senate meeting hall, looking surprisingly spry after a rough night. At a dinner party he'd attended, conversation had strayed into the rather morbid topic of the best way to die. Caesar had declared his preference for a sudden, unexpected end. An epileptic, he'd also slept poorly that night, and his wife had suffered ominous dreams about their house collapsing and her holding a bloodied Caesar in her arms. As a result of all this, he'd almost stayed home that morning. But at the last minute, he ordered his servants to ready his litter, and as his retinue made their way toward the forum, he finally relaxed, his breath coming freer and easier. He even teased a soothsayer along the way, a man who, a month before, had prophesied doom for Caesar sometime before mid-March. Caesar filled his lungs and shouted, The Ides of March have come! The seer answered without smiling, Aye, Caesar, but not past. As Caesar entered the meeting hall, hundreds of senators rose to their feet. It was likely stuffy in there, as their mingled breath and body heat had been warming the air for some time. Before Caesar could settle into his golden chair, though, a senator named Simber approached him with a petition asking pardon for Simber's brother. Simber knew that Caesar would never grant this, but that was the point. Simber kept begging, and Caesar kept refusing, and sixty other senators now had a chance to creep forward, as if offering support. Caesar sat in the midst of them, imperial and increasingly irritated. He tried to cut off discussion, but Simber cupped his hands on Caesar's shoulder as if to plead with him, then yanked his purple toga down, exposing Caesar's breast. Why, this is violence, Caesar said. He had no idea how right he was. A senator named Casca lunged with his dagger a moment later, gashing Caesar's neck. Casca, you villain, what are you doing? Caesar cried, still more confused than angry. But as a crowd of petitioners pressed in, each man pulled aside his toga, exposing a bit of skin, and opened the leather pouch on his belt where he normally kept a stylus. Rather than sixty pens, sixty iron daggers emerged. Caesar finally understood. Seek Semper Tyrannus. Caesar fought back at first, but after the first few stabs, the marble floor beneath his sandals grew slippery with blood. He soon got tangled in his garment and fell. At this, the assassins pounced, stabbing Caesar twenty-three times in all. In looking over the body later, Caesar's doctor determined that twenty-two of the gashes were superficial. To be sure, his body would have panicked a little more with each wound and the shock would have withdrawn blood from periphery to core to keep oxygen flowing to his vital organs. But he still would have survived, the doctor said, if not for one of the cuts, a single stab to the heart. According to most accounts, Caesar wrapped himself in his toga before falling and died without a whimper. But according to one account, and it's easy to see why this account above all has captivated people for 2,000 years, Caesar felt a stab in his groin just before going down and wiped his blood-smeared eyes. In doing so, he spotted his protege Brutus amid the pack, his dagger gleaming red. Caesar took this in and murmured, You too, my son? Half question, half answer. He then covered himself to preserve a little dignity, and crumpled to the floor with a final pained gasp. So what happened to that breath? At first the answer seems obvious. It's gone. Caesar died so long ago that little remains of the building where he fell, much less of his body, which was cremated into ash. 
Even the iron daggers have likely disintegrated by now, rusting into scabs of dust. So how could something as ephemeral as a breath still linger? If nothing else, the atmosphere extends so far and wide that Caesar's last gasp has surely been dissolved into nothingness by now, effaced into the ether. You can open a vein into the ocean, but you don't expect a pint of blood to wash ashore 2,000 years later. I mean, consider the numbers. Your lungs expel a half liter of air with every normal breath. A gasping Caesar probably exhaled a full liter, a volume equivalent to a balloon five inches wide. Now compare that balloon to the sheer size of the atmosphere. Depending on where you cut it off, the bulk of the atmosphere forms a shell around Earth about 10 miles high. Given those dimensions, that shell has a volume of 2 billion cubic miles. Compared to the atmosphere at large, then, a one-liter breath represents just 0.00.